all those things from a content perspective go beyond a transaction. And even if we're known for that gift, we are now inserting ourselves into the lives of the consumer in a different way. And the touch points with our brand start to expand quite a bit. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. I don't know about you, but I feel like my social calendar is getting a little complicated between the holidays, birthdays, social gatherings and get-togethers. Every week, it seems like there's something else I need to order a gift for something or buy an arrangement, ship some flowers. There's always something happening. That's why 1-800-Flowers.com Inc. has truly become a comprehensive brand serving all of these needs, wants, demands. And it's not only the product portfolio that has expanded, it's the content portfolio as well. It's been very interesting to see how the brand has stayed true to its roots, but also invested in content and experiences that are designed to truly empower and support the customer through all of these critical moments. Things like branded podcasts, newsletters, blogs, even AI-powered tools to help you find the perfect gift. It's all there, and it's all in constant development. And one of the people powering this innovation and this investment in the customer experience through content and community is Jason John, the company's CMO. And I had the chance to sit down with him dig into his priorities, what the company is focusing on, and most of all, how he's thinking about the emergence of new tools in tech like AI and what it means for his team. It's a very interesting conversation that blends in actual tactics and what's being delivered to the customer, but also how his team is working, how they're thinking about the creative process and ensuring that they're developing content that really resonates. If you listen to the show, you know me, you know I'm a content nerd and I love to dig into this stuff. And Jason was surely up for the challenge. Jason, thanks so much for being on the show. It's so great to have you on. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we have a lot to get into. I personally always love when we have marketers on the show because there's so much change happening. There's so much innovation happening. And your company is doing some really cool things. And really at a high level, I think it all connects to the value prop, right, and the mission of the company. And 1-800-Flowers.com Inc. is focused on inspiring people to give more, connect more, and build more and better relationships, which I think is really resonant for people. So I guess my question for you is, how has your holistic customer engagement strategy evolved to better reflect and reaffirm that value prop? Because that's a pretty tall order, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. You know, our, our founder and CEO, Jim McCann, he started off with one flower shop in New York City back in 1976, again, under that same sort of core goal to help customers with their relationships and to connect and express themselves. And that has just continued to be within the fiber of the company since then. 
we have grown quite a bit, though. So now we are actually 17 different brands under our portfolio, all within the gifting category, focusing on Perry and David. We have on the food side, 1-800-Flowers, obviously, on the flower side, the personalization mall on our personalization group. So we have a vast array of different gift-giving brands in our portfolio, but the core mission is still to help customers express and connect and, and build those better relationships. Yeah, your portfolio is incredibly extensive. But what I find really interesting is that you can almost see the through lines from a storytelling and a messaging standpoint of like how it all kind of connects together and ladders up into 1-800-Flowers.com as a parent brand, right, or as the umbrella. And I want to kind of get into how the nuances happen because I think community is a, a really core part of this. And we've been seeing a lot of brands kind of lean into this idea of community building and building community through content, through experiences that really kind of align to the contextual components of the customer, right? And I'm curious what that looks like for those brands. Like, how have you been able to identify and capitalize on new opportunities to foster that community through branded content specifically, because it's just such a fascinating area that we're seeing so many brands invest in right now. Yeah, definitely. I think the most important part in any relationship is the listening aspect. So I think we've done a great job listening to what our consumers want and taking all those years of experience and trying to understand their journey and what they're going through and how we can be helpful along those journey points. So when we start building content and content experiences around that, and I'll give you some examples, you know, when when we build content around how to write a sympathy card, we understand that those are moments where a customer has feelings that they want to express, but might not be able to find the right words to express them. So we're here to help them with that. All the way to building more custom experiences, to your point, like we did Mother's Day, we built the Momverse, which was a AI-powered, chat GPT-powered poem and songwriter that the customer could come in and personalize and be able to offer that as a gift for free. They don't have to go with a premium gift opportunity. It's something they can interact with our brands for free, yet still convey and connect and express themselves in a way that they want. So, so for us, it's a lot about listening and then developing tools, content, and other mechanisms to help the customer along their journey and understanding what they want to accomplish. Yeah. Because, I mean, depending on the brands, right? I mean, a lot of it stems in like balancing the inspiration and and the guidance and the support, because depending on the scenario, right? Like if you're buying flowers from Mother's Day, like you were saying in your example, like that can be either very overwhelming, especially if you don't buy flowers often, but then it's also a very personal and intimate moment, right? Because, you know, you're trying to show your love and caring for someone. So it's like, how do you best facilitate the journey, but still kind of tap into the emotion of all of that? But I mean, looking at it from your team's perspective, just the sheer volume of content and channels and touch points, like there are blogs, emails, of course, and even podcasts, right? So, I mean, how have you been able to achieve this level of scale and output, like from a content strategy standpoint? Because you always need to create content to support your audience, but it's not just one format, right? It's all different formats and they all have different parameters, different requirements. So how have you been able to achieve that at this scale, again, just given the size of your portfolio? Yeah, definitely. No, it's a great question. I I think we start small and obviously focusing in on 
again, where are the core moments that we can build content around and core opportunities to connect with our customer to add value? Because it's not just content. It's not just experiences that you're putting out there. It's relevant experiences and relevant experiences and content that provide value to the consumer. And that's got to be fundamentally at the core of what you do. And then you can start to expand outward from there. And the expansion really comes from that dialogue with the consumer because they're going to push you to your limits versus the other way around. And, and you just have to listen and understand where that fits is. So I think we've done a good job understanding, listen, in, in the gift giving process, there are two main anxiety points. And people love to give, they love to give gifts, giving is the gift, that's a core value that we have here. But people don't know exactly what gift is going to express what they want to express. And then they don't know exactly what the words are that they should choose when accompanying that gift. So we sort of started with that core opportunity, and then expanded from there, and started building a team here of experts that can start to learn and grow with the consumer. So we have a content team internally that helps put a lot of these ideas and concepts to paper. Yes, we actually have paper here still. And then also from an external standpoint, tapping into experts across different areas. So again, Jim, our founder, has a lot of connections with people in the health and wellness space, being able to tap into expertise to round out our content, to fill voids where we might not have internal expertise, but can definitely find the right people and bring that content together in a form that is easy, engaging, and enjoyable for our customer base to interact with. So I want to drill a little bit deeper into this idea of being helpful, curating the experience by bringing in experts, because I feel like that goes far beyond just, oh, the holiday season is coming. You know, it's a busy time of year. Let's ramp up our promotional efforts, right? It seems like you're taking a very long-term, relationship-driven and integrated approach that kind of covers the entire loyalty loop, so to speak. I'm curious if you can kind of expand upon that. Like, how your team orchestrates these journeys and makes sure it incorporates the right content, the right tools, the right support. So it is a long-term relationship and it doesn't feel so transactional because I feel like that's the biggest trap that brands and retailers still fall into when it comes to their marketing. Yeah, exactly. We, we definitely need to go beyond the transaction. Amazon, Walmart, et cetera, you know, there are plenty of brands and companies out there to compete with at a transactional level that if we don't go beyond that, you know, for a differentiating factor, it's definitely going to impact growth long term. So from our perspective, again, inserting ourselves into different conversations around what's happening in a consumer's life and obviously then providing value to that makes a lot of sense. So I think, you know, you mentioned the holidays. I think that's a perfect example. Harry and David, one of our larger brands based in Medford, Oregon, Obviously, from a gift-giving standpoint, they've been around for a long time. We're actually celebrating or getting ready to celebrate their 90th anniversary, which is amazing for a brand to be around that long. Really known for their pears, their holiday gifts, but really goes beyond that and really focuses on the kitchen and sharing and you know, great food and ability to provide recipes, to provide value to the consumer as far as your planning for your holiday meals and getting ready for that certain tips, tricks, how to wrap a gift more efficiently, you know, all those things from a content perspective go beyond a transaction. And even if we're known for that gift, we are now inserting ourselves into the lives of the consumer in a different way. And the touch points with our brand start to expand quite a bit. So again, if you're going to focus on a transactional relationship, maybe that's one, two times per year. But if you go beyond that transaction and start to 
interact with the consumer five, six, seven, ten plus times per year. That's quite a different story from a loyalty standpoint where the consumer is going to bucket you in their list of brands and, and what they think about you moving forward. So I think that's that's where we've been going. That's where we are going. And that's where we're going to continue to evolve for growth. Merchants are evolving their omni-channel playbook to include marketplaces, retail media networks, and more. So what's the goal? For 41% of respondents, it's to react more quickly to business and market changes. Retail Touchpoint's latest omni-channel and fulfillment benchmark survey outlines all of the ways brands and retailers are creating a seamless customer experience and the new channels they are embracing to diversify revenue and optimize their reach. Click the link in the show notes to download your copy of the survey sponsored by our friends at DePosco. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And the next layer down, I guess, is this whole idea of personalization, right? And that's being applied not just in marketing, but now in content. Obviously, it's a big part of your company's value prop. There's personalization integrated into all of these brands, it feels like, in some aspects. And I'm curious how your company holistically is thinking about personalization, like if there are any new priorities or new investment areas because it helps kind of level up that brand promise that we've been talking about this whole time. Are are there any certain areas that you're prioritizing right now? Innovation in general is always a huge priority for our company. I mean, even the establishment of the 800 number wasn't a technology advancement in the early days. And as I said, Jim, our founder, when they established the floral shop in New York City, as well as other floral shops when we were expanding, it is a very personal relationship. Again, you think about walking into a Main Street flower shop and that interaction that you have is on a much more personal level than potentially just going to a website and looking for products on a website. So we try to bring that level of personalization to bear across all of our channels all of the time. And more uniquely, you know, we actually established a very large community of local florists. Again, we partner with local florists quite intently, especially through the holiday, through Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, etc. But behind the scenes, you know, we develop a community of florists for education purposes. We put on workshops. We help provide tools for the florists at a local level to expand and grow their businesses successfully. And again, providing our expertise of growing businesses through all the years and making sure that at a local level, we're able to enhance that as well. So I think keeping our heritage and our tradition around personalization and expanding it through technology, through innovation, and right back into the local businesses is key for us for growth for the next many years to come. Love it. It's all connecting to the roots of the business, which I think is what really makes it feel natural and organic. I've had many conversations with brands, but also, you know, the companies that are help facilitating and enabling that personalization through their solutions, through their technology. And it's a tricky line, right? It's a fine balance. And I know everybody's talking about the value of generative AI in particular and how it's facilitating and supporting that personalization at scale, but also supporting that content creation at scale too. And I'm curious, are you guys thinking about AI at all or generative AI? I mean, I feel like AI has always kind of been this silent enabler behind the scenes, but now it's kind of in the spotlight. So how are you guys thinking about that? How are you using it today? And what does the future hold as far as like using it to support teams as well as your consumers? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, AI is something obviously we're very interested in and doing a lot of work around. But at the core, again, is how is this benefiting the consumer? 
and going back to that heritage in our roots and saying, listen, if any new technology that has come along, we evaluate that at every level and really answer the question, is it providing value for the customer? And again, it started, it's hard to say and believe that, but 1-800, the phone number was an advancement and innovation at the time, but it made ordering flowers much easier. Uh, go fast forward now into AI and understanding, okay, what can AI do to help us? And there are several levels that you can think about for that. First is, can we identify where there are issues on the website faster? Can we identify if there are potential problems with orders in a quicker way and bring that to light to the customer? We did some front-facing AI opportunities, like I said, with the Momverse, where we were able to create personalized poems and songs for the consumer. So that was a great opportunity to provide value to the customer to celebrate mom on Mother's Day for free, basically, at a, at a no cost cost opportunity for the consumer. We are going to continue to explore those AI opportunities across every level of the business, but always under the eye of value and what it's going to bring to our customer and not getting caught up in sort of the shiny object syndrome that a lot of brands do get caught up doing and spending a lot of time just because a board member wants to or the CEO wants to push the envelope on AI tools without a firm understanding of what the benefit it's going to bring to market. Yeah, I think that's a really profound point because I feel like retail gets so caught up in like shiny object syndrome. It's like every year there's like a new thing that everybody is chasing and trying really hard to capitalize on. But it seems like you're taking a very pointed and, and strategic approach to how does this look for us? Like how does this support our value prop and what our customer needs, what our team needs? And I'm curious if you've thought about at all, like the long-term view of the implications of like how the business works, right? Because I know from a marketing standpoint or a CX standpoint, there have been a lot of discussions around, okay, not only how is my team going to be using this technology, but like, how is our team going to be structured now? Like I've seen some listings around like, what was the title I saw? It was like AI content expert. And like, that was the title, which was kind of jarring for me as a journalism major back in the day. So I'm curious, like, have you guys been thinking about that at all? Is that not really in your purview right now because you're just focusing on like the best use cases and applications for the business? Like where is your head at given your role? Yeah, I definitely think it's premature to do sort of mass organization changes. Our organization or the way that I like to structure at least our marketing team is around problems and solutions. So what are the problems that our customers are facing? What are the solutions we need to bring to market? And that's how we should be organized because, you know, whether it's AI is just one tool in the toolkit, there are many opportunities opportunities to solve problems with and without AI. So having bright individuals on the team focused on those problems and those solutions and bringing those solutions to market is really what the core org structure is. And I want the talent on the team to be able to focus on that and bring those solutions to market. And if that's AI, fantastic. If it's not, fantastic. For us, it's really about providing that value and focusing on it. And I think everybody in the organization should be educated on AI as a tool opportunity to help in their specific area. It does start to get, get a little dangerous or a fine line when you start bringing in subject matter experts on AI, for instance, and then that sends a different sort of message throughout the org of maybe it's not their responsibility to look into it, where I feel the opposite. I feel everybody should be looking into innovation and how they should be, how they could apply that to their own individual work stream. Uh, definitely makes a lot of sense. And only time will tell like what the next thing <laughs> will be. We're, we're getting close to like NRF time, which I feel like is always when the next big thing, quote unquote, is unleashed. But as we think about the next year and your priorities from a marketing standpoint, from a community standpoint, what's really rising to the top for you right now? Because you guys always, I feel like consistently 
are investing in new tools, new content, and across all of the brands, like it seems like it's a very core component of the work, not just like rolling out the campaign. So are there any certain priorities on the horizon for 2024? Any certain channels you're really excited to experiment with or launch? I think there's a lot more that we can do with our Celebrations Passport loyalty program. It does allow our consumer to shop across our 17 brands for whatever gifting needs they have, whether it's birthdays, it's anniversaries, it's special occasions, it's holidays, Easter, Mother's Day, et cetera, you name it. We have an opportunity for a great gift for and a high quality gift for that particular occasion, but really getting the word out more for people and understanding the value of free shipping across those different brands, I think is is a huge value that we have communicated as effectively as we need to. So. So for us, it's adding not only the communication layer to that to make sure that people understand there's this amazing opportunity to interact with the brands and to satisfy all their gifting needs, but then to lay their content pieces onto it, the other rewards opportunities that can get bundled into our Celebrations Passport uh, loyalty program to continue to encourage and go beyond that transaction. And again, I think that's sort of been the theme of our conversation today is how do you go beyond that transaction? And that's how we feel is a mechanism to integrate the two and make sure that we're accomplishing our goals in the future. Amazing. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you taking the time out. It seems like you guys, again, always have so much going on, so many new initiatives for your brands, so many exciting things as well. And it's truly fascinating to see how you're leading in this convergence of content and community and and how you're really emphasizing supporting your customer through all of those core moments in their lives. So really appreciate you taking the time out to uh, chat with me today. Great. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really had a great time and uh, appreciate the great conversation and hope everybody has an amazing holiday season. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll be sure to keep this conversation going because I feel like as the season progresses, there's going to be some interesting developments. You know, consumer behaviors are at an interesting point right now. So we're going to be keeping a close watch to see who is buying what, where and how. And, you know, most of all, how marketing teams will need to adapt and possibly refine their strategies as the season goes on. And of course, as we get into 2024. So to that end, folks, um, we would love to keep this conversation going. Drop us a line on social media. We're at Retail Touchpoints on LinkedIn, at our Touchpoints on X, formerly Twitter. Drop questions, share your thoughts, share your priorities, share your opinions on generative AI and how it's impacting marketing. We would love to hear from you and hear how you're thinking about this holiday season. And of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else. We're probably there too. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to the show. We are dropping new episodes every week with folks like Jason, digging into what's happening in the industry and most of all, what's happening in their business. And you do not want to miss all of the great content and conversations we have up our sleeves. But for now, everyone, that's it from us. Thanks again to you, Jason. And thanks to all of you for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.